It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Carrie Brinketer and Kathy Enderbrock. Love talking today about the life of Ruth. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies. We are here with you this afternoon on the Bridge, Austin. Today's Christian Talk, 1120 a.m. and 101.1 FM. Living, loving, and leading in the gaps of life. Oh my goodness. We are going to look at the book of Ruth today. We have been talking through all of these wonderful biblical figures who have taught us so much about standing in gaps. Now, gaps are God's appointed person standing in God's appointed place for God's appointed purpose. And we have looked at Moses and Joseph and David and Nehemiah. And last week we looked at Queen Esther. And today we get to talk about Ruth. And I'll tell you what, Ruth and Naomi are some of my absolute favorites. But I don't, I'm not doing this alone today, even though we are missing our fearless leader, Mrs. Evelyn, who's gallivanting around and having a great time with her sweet hubby Van. I have my beautiful friend, the wonder-filled love lady, Kathy Underbrock, on the line. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Carrie. It's great being with you today. I'm so looking forward to talking all about Ruth. I love, I love the life of Ruth. I love the book of Ruth. And, I mean, it's just incredible that in the Bible there would be this book about a very common woman, and, and she doesn't save a nation like Esther did. She doesn't uh, kill a giant like King David does. She doesn't take an entire nation out of Egypt like Moses does. She simply steps into the gap for one person, Naomi. And, you know, I, I get all choked up when I even talk about her because she's a common woman doing what God called her to do And, you know, really fulfilling the spirit of what God has commanded us to do. And she does it so beautifully. And um, she just has this incredible testimony of living fully and loving well and, and leading gently. And so we have so much to learn from Ruth about stepping up to the call of being God's appointed person in God's appointed place for God's appointed purpose. Friends, Stepping into the gap it doesn't mean we have to save a nation. Maybe it means we are just focused on one person. And so I'm so excited to do this with you. I wish Evelyn was in studio there, but, oh, Carrie, I, you know, you could just do this show all on your own. So I'm just so happy that you invite me to do it with you today. You are silly. We are a great team. And, Kathy, you've written a, a beautiful show for us today. You're so gifted, and I, I really um, I love the time that I get to spend with you and Mrs. Evelyn. So our key verse today is Ruth 1, verses 16 through 17. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me. Be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. Why, this is powerful. And friends, we want you to understand that this is a daughter-in-law 
to Naomi. This is what a daughter-in-law is saying to her mother-in-law, not daughter-mother relationship. And I, I think that we can sometimes as women need to step back and really examine this example of Ruth and Naomi and let it speak truth into our own lives. So we're in this series of living, loving, and leading through the gaps of life. Kathy, before we get right into it, what has been going on in your world this week? Oh, my goodness. Summer plans. Carrie, we have out, you know, the summer calendar. And we have, like, something every single week. I feel like we almost have something every single day. And it's so funny because... Heading into this summer, this is Aaliyah's, my oldest, her last official summer at home. And so Eric and I agreed, okay, we're not making any big plans this summer. We're not going on any big trips this summer. We're going to stay home. We're going to help Aaliyah fill out her college applications so that she can kind of get them all submitted by the end of August. And, you know, just kind of go into the school year without that hanging over her head and I really don't know what, what has happened. You know, first, Faithy got signed up for a couple basketball tournaments, and we thought, oh, yeah, that'll be easy. You know, a little trip to Salt Lake City, a couple couple basketball games around the area. And then Jordan got invited to participate in her first AA-rated horse competition. So we thought, oh, well, that's, that. you know, that's just a four-day trip. We can do that. We're going up to Bend, Oregon for that. And then out of nowhere, Aaliyah gets this opportunity to go to Tokyo, Japan, which she's crazy about uh, Japan and has just loved their culture. Oh, gosh, as long as I can remember. And so, of course, she jumped at the chance and she applied at the cross-cultural exchange through uh, the Japanese uh, Culture Commission. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying the exact words right, but. You know, we're just crossing our fingers that she would get selected, and um, she actually will stay with the Japanese family, and it's kind of an immersion experience. So all of a sudden, she's now going to Japan for a week and a half, and then my parents wanted to come out and and just be able to be with us for Aaliyah's last summer at home. So my parents were coming out from New Mexico all three months, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, summer plans. I'm exhausted already. I can't believe everything that's going to happen. Wow, you guys are incredibly busy. It sounds so fun. Well, we have just finished up school, and we're excited to begin our summer. We have uh, things on tap. Of course, we've got basketball tournaments. Um, We have church youth camp, and we're going to take a vacation up to Utah and then head over to California to see Ashley's grandmother who is in her 90s and like she reminds me so much of Mrs. Evelyn they're both just little spry gals um, in their late 80s early 90s and so we're super excited about that trip for us as well well today we are stepping into the gaps friends again God's appointed person God's appointed place God's appointed purpose And, Kathy, today we're talking about Ruth. And, you know, sometimes life can can make us feel a little overwhelmed. But God is never overwhelmed. He's always got a way to get things back on track. And I tell you what, Kathy, Ruth and Naomi were trying to find a way to get things back on track. And they were at a loss. And um, 
this story is absolutely beautiful. Take it away, Kath. Okay, and, you know, this I, I want to point out, because we did start this whole Gap series talking about the men. And, and you know, when we got into this, we thought, well, look at everything God has done with the women. And, and one of the things that I love about God, Carrie, is that he does not relegate women to this subpar status. God has continually throughout, throughout from, from the beginning uh, of creation in Genesis all the way through the Old and New Testament, he's continually lifted women up, displaying their utmost value and utmost importance uh, to, to him and to the success of his people, to the success of his kingdom. And, you know, I think sometimes today we're just, we're in the, we're in a battle for the heart of our women. And, um, you know, we, we just want them to know that God gives them value. God values them and God has just an important place for them and that he esteems them. And so we're going to get to see that here in Ruth because Ruth is not the story about anyone who becomes queen. This is, this is a very, Ruth is a common woman. Um, and, and she's actually a young widow. And so you can open up and find her story. It's in the Old Testament. It's really towards the beginning of the Old Testament, right between Judges and First Samuel. So this is before even King David arrives on the scene. And, um, and this is the only book of the Old Testament that is written about a non-Hebrew person. So we're going to find out Ruth was actually a Moabite. And the Moabites were historically an enemy of the Jewish nation, of the nation of, of Israel. And so um, as we open this book, Ruth opens with um, the book of Ruth opens with a famine happening in Bethlehem in Israel. And so rather than staying put, we see this man and his family. And uh, the man is Elimelech, and his wife is Naomi, and they have two sons. And so during this famine in Bethlehem, rather than staying put and seeking God and working through the famine in the land and, and, and turning to God to help Israel, Elimelech says, you know what, we're going to get up and go. And so they go to this foreign land um, of Moab, which, again, it had historically been enemies of Israel. And so Elimelech's initial plan, as it states in Scripture, was just to live in Moab for, quote, for a while until the famine ended. And yet in the end, he ended up completely settling his family there. And the very next detail, Carrie, that we're given is that Elimelech dies. So after going to Moab and settling his family there, he dies. And and so here's another interesting thing. Rather than turning back and going back to Na- to Bethlehem, Naomi and her two sons do not go back. But they stay put and they marry two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. And so these two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth, are now daughters-in-law to Naomi. And um, it's just, it, it's such an interesting story. And Carrie, I want to get into this. I don't know how much how much time we have left in our segment in order to really get into the details of their lives. And I'm guessing we're probably nearing the point we have to go out. We are, yes. Yeah. So we're, we're right here almost at our break. But, you know, 
It's important to know that these women, these Moabites, Orpah and Ruth, that, you know, they're, they're now married to the sons, and Naomi is now a widow. And so we've got sons, daughters-in-law, and then Naomi, the mother-in-law. And, friends, what happens is that the sons die. So now we have three widows, Orpah, Ruth, and Naomi. When we return from our break, we'll find out what happens to Orpah, Ruth, and Naomi. Do they stay in a foreign land? Do they stay in Moab? Do they decide to leave? What are they going to do now? Because there is a famine going on. And the men that were working and providing food for the family are now dead. The three widows. What happens when we return? Right after these messages here on Love Talk. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better Better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith, 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock joining you today on Love Talk. In studio is Carrie Brinkater. We like to call her coach. And we are missing our Miss Evelyn today. She is out at the in the Baltic Sea in Europe with her very sweet band. We are continuing in our series, The Gaps of Life. And today we get to step into the life of Ruth. 
and just an amazing woman in scripture. And so in our first segment, we introduced you to work, to Ruth. She's just a very common girl. She's a, a Moabite and she becomes the daughter-in-law to a woman named Naomi. And so we're just going to step straight into this, um, from our first segment. We're stepping straight into this, into our, into our second. And so we find them in a very interesting situation. Carrie, uh, Coach Carrie took us out, um, with Naomi and Ruth and the other sister-in-law, Orpah, in Moab. There's a famine going on in Bethlehem. Um, and Naomi's husband, Elimelech, dies. His two sons die. And so now we have three widows, one old and two young, in Moab, not knowing what to do. And so we see Naomi. She she has now lost her husband and both sons. There are no grandchildren. She's bitter and, and, and she's empty and she feels as though the Lord has turned against her. And she determines to make the long journey back to Bethlehem, Carrie. And and so we have to understand that they have been in Moab now for 10 years. When when Elimelech first left Bethlehem because of the famine and came to Moab, he was planning on just staying there a little while, and yet he settled there. And so they've now been here 10 years. And so any monies or possessions that they have saved up or grown will now likely be spent just making the journey back to Bethlehem. And because this is no easy trip, we're talking well over a hundred miles and not a paved road in a car. Um, this is a dirt path over mountains through desert across a river on foot, possibly with camels. They may have uh, saved up and had a camel by now, but it would be a journey that would have taken an old woman at least a couple months to complete. And so we see this situation where um, they are just, they, they left Bethlehem because there was a famine. They went to Moab and now things have just gotten worse. And, and so I know that a lot of our listening friends can identify with them. Carrie, I, I want to ask you, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Was there ever a time when you walked away from a problem and instead of things getting better for you in the long run, they actually got worse. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be pretty candid here. Listening friends, you know, there was a a time when I was in my early twenties that I was really in a bad place. I had completely walked away from Christ. I was, literally living day by day. Of course, I was a college athlete, um, but I had discovered partying. I had discovered drinking. I was uh, in a relationship that was not healthy. And um, I found myself just pushing this problem away because I was literally living a double life. I was literally professing to love God, but there, I was doing absolutely nothing to show that. Zero, zilch, nada. I was partying. I was in this relationship. It was, um, it was sad and ridiculous, and I, I, I could not get myself out of this cycle. So instead of dealing with the problem, I just literally perpetuated it. And I think it kind of all came to a head one day when I was 
my my boyfriend was older than I, and I was traveling uh, down I-35 to go visit him and to actually break up with him. I was trying to solve one problem, but I was creating others for myself. I actually was drinking while I was driving in the car, people. Not my smartest decision I've ever made in my life. And back then, I-35, there were some spots on I-35 that still had grass in the median. They didn't have these concrete barriers yet, praise the Lord. And it started raining, and I had to make a sudden stop. And I ended up skidding out, sliding out, spun my car around, and I ended up in the grassy median in the middle of the road. I didn't hit anyone, praise the Lord. And all I could think was... Okay, I've got to get out of this median. I've got to, I, 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 nobody can find me here. The police can't come here because I have an open container in my car. And, um, so I pulled back onto the highway and then I got to the next exit and pulled off and I was, I was, you know, bulletproof and thought everything was cool and going to be fine. And I gathered myself and kind of continued along my way. But I know that God used that instance not number one to shake me up but he he protected me i mean praise the lord i didn't hit anyone i didn't kill anyone i didn't kill myself um but it it was it was kind of a wake-up instead of me dealing with the problem that i had to stop living a double life i kept perpetuating it and things just got worse i mean i wrecked my car i had grass shoved up underneath the the my car. And I I just look back on that time and I'm so incredibly thankful for the way that God protected me and the way he He shook me up and the way he showed me that I had to deal with what was going on. I, I had to I I had to get a backbone and I had to decide was I gonna continue to lead a double life or was I gonna follow him, period. And and they they had to be mutually exclusive. I could not continue on the path that I was continuing. So, Kathy, yeah, I, I ran from that problem, and I didn't deal with it, and things got worse for me. Um, and that day, I, I had to deal with some things, and um, I had to start making some very hard decisions. I can't say that... Um, from you know from that 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 was a stake that I put in the ground and said okay lord i'm I'm following you, but it was definitely something i I constantly went back to to wonder why God protected me and um and and I had to start making some hard decisions you know and so that that go ahead <laughs> sorry carrie i just you you have me stunned over here, and this is one of the things that I love about you is because you do not wear all of these masks. Apparently at one time you did and God said, yeah, baby, that's not going to work. And um, I love that, that you are so genuine and so honest and so straightforward. And uh, I mean, I just, I hope that, that our listening friends hear that and go, okay, I don't need to wait until things go from bad to worse I can get on top of this now and I can fix that now. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, as you said, God did protect you and God did provide for you. And um, he got he got you to come forward and, and look at some things very truthfully and got things back on on track. I, I love how he did that in your life. And, and 
I love how we're going to get to see that he did that in Naomi and Ruth's life as well. Well, it's sad that sometimes we have to come to a very painful place in our in our lives in order to fully and 100 percent turn turn to God. And that's, you know, unfortunately for Naomi and Ruth and Orpah, that's that's where they were. They were in this painful place. Um, Naomi turns to her, to her daughters-in-law and, and she just says, girls, why don't you return to, to your families and rebuild your, your lives and in Moab? Why don't you just, just, just stay here, just, you know, you know just, just return. And Orpah is persuaded and she returns to her family. But Ruth is determined and she will not be persuaded by Naomi. She clings to Naomi. And I love that picture of of clinging it's almost like um you know a little kid, a little toddler like holding on to dad's leg right just like a hugging it um so tightly i see that with how ruth clings to naomi she said don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you where you go i will go where you stay i will stay your people will be my people and your god my god where you die i will die and there i will be buried may the lord deal with me be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. So Ruth is this young widow with nothing to give. Yet she gives everything by stepping into the gap for just one person. Just one person is just as important to God. So Kathy, we have about two, three minutes left here before our break. If Ruth has nothing to give, what can she possibly give to Naomi? Oh, my gosh, that is the most amazing question. I love it. Yes, so nothing to give, and yet she gives everything by stepping into the gap for Naomi. Okay, so so this is what, 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 what Ruth gives. Ruth gives Naomi loving kindness and, and gentleness. She, she weeps with Naomi. She mourns with Naomi. She is together with her. And, um, and I don't remember listening, friends, if you remember this, but Naomi is throwing a pity party. Like, so she's even, she's so upset, she's changing her name. She insists people now call her Mara, which means bitter. Um, so, but Ruth gives Naomi self-control and patience. Ruth does not go over the deep end with Naomi. She keeps a clear head and she patiently walks with Naomi through this loss and through this grief. And and Ruth gives Naomi faithfulness in relationship and goodness in, in friendship. And um, because she doesn't leave Naomi alone, but she commits to remaining with her regardless of the outcome. And in the end, this is, this is the cool thing. And we're going to get to this by the end of our program today. Ruth ends up giving Naomi peace and joy but we're going to have to be patient with ourselves and wait till our fourth segment to see how that comes about. So, Kathy, you're telling me, hold on just a minute. You're telling me that loving kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, goodness, peace, and joy. I, I mean, we know all of these things. I know these things. Galatians 5.22 used to sing that with my kids. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You guys almost, I, I almost slipped up there. I tried to sing something for just a second, and that would have turned all of you away. So I'm really glad <laughs> I just spoke that. Um, we do have to take our break and hear from our wonderful sponsors who have been supporting Love Talk. Some of these sponsors Miss Evelyn has had for 30 years for her program. So we're so thankful to our sponsors. We pray that you'll listen through the break so that you can use some of these sponsors and that you can thank some of these sponsors personally. We'll be right back with you right after these messages right here on Love Talk. Hi, this is John Cotner, and you know we all can use some happiness, some hope, and humor in our lives. I'm talking about the Good News Journal published by Evelyn Davison. Well, the Good News Journal is free, and you can pick it up at locations across Central Texas like HEB, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, and churches, and it comes out every three months. Now, advertisers and writers interested in having an article published should call 512-249-6535. The Good News Journal, providing good news for the greater Austin and surrounding areas for 23 years. And now with more than 66,000 in circulation. Go to goodnewsjournal.net. That's goodnewsjournal.net. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you need help with. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. This is Kathy Indebrock. In the studio today is Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we are talking with you about the gaps of life, being God's appointed person in God's appointed place for God's appointed purpose. And we are looking today at the life of Ruth. Okay, so we just went out in our last segment, Coach Carrie talking about what Ruth gave to Naomi, because here they are in Moab. They have nothing. They're widows. Um, they're, they're, it's an old widow and a young widow standing alone, planning a trip to go all the way back to Bethlehem because they hear that the, the famine is ended in Bethlehem and that they can actually get some food there again. And so it's going to cost them everything they have just to make that journey back. And so Ruth, she has nothing, but she gives everything to Naomi. She gives goodness and loving kindness and patience and peace and joy and faithfulness and gentleness. 
basically everything we see outlined in the New Testament as the fruit of the Spirit. And this is one of the incredible things about Ruth, is that she's a common girl. She's a young widow, yet she is known for demonstrating to us how to live out the fruit of the Spirit, how to live out the Spirit of God's law instead of being crushed by the letter of God's law. And so in the New Testament, we see the Apostle Paul encouraging us to live according to the spirit of the law and not be crushed by the letter of the law. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul says this, Jesus has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not the letter of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And so that is what um, Ruth does with Naomi. She is giving life to Naomi um, by fulfilling the spirit of the law for her. And so, you know, I love this. God, God knows that you cannot legislate love and righteousness, right? We have the Ten Commandments, but, but these laws provide a, a moral framework. Uh, laws, even in our society, They are meant to provide a moral framework and and healthy boundaries. But how we choose to live out and to love righteousness, that determines how well we fulfill the laws that we are placed within. And, you know, this has really reminded me that love just that, that merely aims to tick off a box. That is no love at all. Love is meant to be overflowing and fulfilling and not just trying to tick a box off and say good enough. And so I love that Ruth teaches us that if you have nothing, yet you give everything, your value is beyond measure. And and so, friends, I also want to ask you, there's in contrast to that, if you have everything, yet you give nothing, what good are you? And so we see them stepping into God's appointed place. And we see Ruth with Naomi standing still in the midst of tragedy and loss, but standing firm in commitment. So this young widow standing next to this old widow committing to do life together, to share the burden and to hope for the joy. And so, Carrie, I have a question for you um, in, in this. And so aside from your husband Ashley so you can't answer this from from with Ashley but but has God aside from Ashley has God ever given you one person to stand with in the midst of overwhelming trouble or tragedy absolutely I have a I have a a good friend her name's Karen and God put us together divinely at church um, when we were both pregnant with our first babies, and uh, Kathy, you were soon thereafter having your third baby, and um, it, it's just been a beautiful friendship. And we often say that we've done that we do life together, and and we have for the last fifteen years. Um, Karen went through a time where her father died, and then right after she had her second baby, literally two days after she had her second baby, her mother passed away. And um, those were times whenever I needed to step in and and really, you know, see how I could help and what I could do because uh, services and things were in a different state. And so how could I help? How could I take care of kids? How could I, how could I serve? 
Um, and then a little few years later, uh, I get a call while we're actually on a camping trip that Karin's husband had had a heart attack. And so we rushed home and, uh, again, just kind of stepped into that gap, did life with our friends. And, it, you know, Kathy, whenever you are stepping into a gap and, and doing life with friends, with people that you love and care about, it's not a burden. It's, abs- it's just, it, it just is. It, it is life. It is what you do for those that you love and that you care about. And I think the most significant time with her, um, with her and her family, we even have pictures of times that, uh, the time that Tom was in the hospital and the kids are staying with me and they're all just little toddlers. They're all just so cute. Um, just the four kids at the house and the kids remember that. They remember the times that they've stayed at our house while, while mom or dad was, was in the hospital. And then more recently, a couple of years ago, Karin was diagnosed with breast cancer and, this was a, a a journey, you know, it was a year-long journey of chemo and treatments and and hair falling out and sickness and, and just um, a time whenever she needed a lot of help. And, uh, you know, you kind of feel powerless as a friend sometimes. You're like, what can I do? What can I do? And, and so the Lord just laid it on my heart to set up, you know, meals for her and her family as she was going through. The, the chemo treatments and really she didn't want to eat much, but, um, but it really was a huge, uh, blessing for her family. And then, you know, how, how to get the kids to their activities to and from school and how to get to their activities and things. And so we just had so many people, so many people stepped in, into that gap for her and her family. And so I, you know, I, I just pray that our listening friends have, Somebody that they're doing life with, um, like you said, other than their spouse or significant other that they're that they're doing life with, that you know you're there for them. Period. No matter what, no matter where, that you would hop on a plane and and go and serve them. You would drive a thousand miles just to go and do something that needed to be done. Um, and, and you know that that's that. Those are our friends, and we don't even look at it like that. I don't even, I mean, it's just what you do, right, Kathy? I mean, when you love someone, it's just what you do. That's true. It is just what you do. It's an, And it becomes this incredible blessing for you as you bless them. I think that, you know, kind of love, true love multiplies as you share it. It, it, it never feels like something that's slipping through your fingers. It's it's always something that is growing and multiplying as you engage in it faithfully and and you can you, you do that continue to and you're therefore in the midst of um joy as well as struggle and um you know there's this children's book about this really wealthy king and um he has absolutely everything but he wants this this quilt it's called the quilt maker's gift and the woman will not give him a quilt. Um, and so she finally tells him, King, with everything that you give away, every one thing that you give away, I will add a piece to your quilt. And um, so it talks about the joy that the king begins experiencing, joy like he has never experienced before, as he lavishes kindness and gentleness and um just all of these beautiful things as he lavishes those on people around him. 
And I mean, I think that's why, you know, God uh, really exemplifies the Holy Spirit as being a flame that we should not want to squash out. But um, but it is I mean, the Holy Spirit, as we share these gifts, as if we have nothing, but we give everything. And if we have everything, if we continue to give out of that, God multiplies. And I mean, I just ah, I love it. And, you know, when we bring these two things together, Carrie, love and faithfulness, there is something very special that God does through love and faithfulness more than any other thing. And we see that through the book of Ruth, and that is redemption. When we talk about God's appointed purpose as redemption, redemption is brought about through the love and faithfulness of God. Uh, That's exactly right. And Ruth fulfills the spirit of the law through her love and faithfulness to Naomi. If any woman could be said to be a woman after God's own heart, I I would imagine that it's Ruth. You know, we've got Naomi. I I often wonder if I would be Naomi or Ruth in this in this um, in this book. Right. Um, Am I going to be, you know, would I be the one that was throwing the pity party and that was, you know, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? Or would I be the calm, cool, collected one that was living through peace and trying to find joy and being faithful to her mother-in-law? And it's it, it just gets better and better. But, yes, Ruth is a woman after God's own heart. So Naomi and Ruth, they return to Bethlehem, and it's, and it's harvest time. And, you know, the famine is over, and it's already harvest time. Now, remember, this took probably several months for them to travel from Moab to, to Bethlehem. So Ruth, you know, she takes it right upon herself to start working in the fields and harvesting barley. Now, she didn't get a... a a job. She didn't go to the landowner and, and ask for a job. What she did was she was kind of scavenging the leftovers out of the field. She was on the, the sides of the field just kind of picking up the things that had been left by the workers of the field. And this was permissible. And it was she was just trying to get enough. She was just trying to kind of make a path for her and Naomi. She was just trying to get enough to survive, right, for her and Naomi. And Ruth basically kind of started to turn some heads. She was not only hardworking, um, I mean, she was harvesting from early in the morning until late in the day with only a very short break. I've known people like that, man, they just work. They just put their head down and work. They just get it done. And that was Ruth. She was faithful. The news of her faithfulness to her mother-in-law, it spread throughout Bethlehem. She knew that she had a job to do, and it was to take care of her mother-in-law. She wasn't looking for anything else, and she was incredibly selfless. When we return from our break, we're going to look at these three things again, hardworking, faithful, selfless, and also why she was turning heads in the field. We'll talk about a guy named Boaz when we return right after these messages here on Love Talk. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as in town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. 
Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest-growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So, big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. Welcome back, listeners. This is Kathy Endebrock, and in the studio today is Coach Carrie Brinkater. And we give a big shout of love out to Miss Evelyn Davison. We know if she is anywhere where they have Wi-Fi, she's going to be listening into us. And we hope that you'll do the same. You can listen in on radio. You can go uh, to Alexa on your home Saturdays at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. And just let Alexa know to play KTXW The Bridge, and she will turn Love Talk right on for you. If you miss our shows Saturdays at 2 p.m., you can also go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and get any of our past shows. And we hope that you'll enjoy going back and missing any shows in this series of stepping into the gap, living, loving, and leading in the gaps of life, God's appointed place for God's appointed person, according to God's appointed purpose. And so we're talking about Ruth, the book of Ruth, the person of Ruth, and how she stepped into the gap for just one person. But even though it's just one person, we know that just one person is important to God. And so you can be that one person who steps into the gap for one other person today, this week, this month, look around you. There's gaps all around you, and there's a gap that God has you to be the appointed person to step into. So, okay, we um, went out with Ruth turning some heads in the field in Bethlehem, and Carrie, 
like you talked about, um, Ruth was really getting a reputation for being a woman of, of noble character. She was hardworking. She was working in the fields, harvesting early in the morning until late in the day with only a short break. And even though the law mandated that the, the Jewish law mandated that she could harvest along the edges of the field, Ruth still asked permission. She still approached the working men and asked permission to do what the law gave her the right to do. So she did not claim that right for herself, but she sought out permission and asked um, from uh, just a very gentle place of submission and not a submission from a subservient place, but submission from just a very gracious obedience to the law. And, and I just I love that about Ruth. We saw that with Esther and we get to see it with Ruth as well. Well, Ruth was also faithful. News of her faithfulness to her mother-in-law, Naomi, had spread throughout Bethlehem. And Ruth was selfless. She, she's a, it, The Bible um, scripture uh, kind of portrays uh, Ruth as this very good-looking young woman. A good-looking good young woman. But she doesn't go and chase after the young men to try and make a life for herself. But instead... She keeps focused on Naomi and Naomi's needs and working hard to meet Naomi's needs. And so Ruth gains favor in the eyes of not only everyone in Bethlehem, but also the landowner in whose field she's been working. And this landowner, his name is Boaz. And there's something very unique about Boaz. Not only is he an incredible man of character, but as it turns out, Boaz is in the position to be a kinsman redeemer for Ruth. And um, look, I, I know I had no idea what on earth is a kinsman redeemer. This is such a new term and not really a term that gets talked about very often. But it's so incredible because it really foreshadows Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to walk with our listening friends really quickly here, Carrie, to talk about what a kinsman redeemer is. And you can find this principle in Leviticus chapters 25 through 27, a kinsman redeemer refers to the closest male relative who is given both the privilege and the responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who is in trouble, in danger, or in need. And specifically, in the case of an Israelite man's death, in which he fails to leave behind a male heir to carry on the family name and provide for the family needs, the closest male relative of that deceased man is placed in the role of kinsman redeemer. And in fulfilling his, his, his duty as kinsman redeemer, he not only redeems the land. Oh, let me back up. In fulfilling his duty as kinsman redeemer, he actually takes the man's widow as his wife. And so in doing that, he redeems the land and he provides a son to carry on the deceased father's name. And so we get to see this with Ruth and Boaz. Um, Ruth approaches Boaz um, in obedience to Naomi and makes it clear to him that he is in the position of kinsman redeemer and asks very beautifully if he would consider his position as, as kinsman redeemer. 
And so we get to see after a beautiful courtship, and this is a great story, friends, you have to read it in the book of Ruth. After a beautiful courtship, Boaz lovingly agrees to be a kinsman redeemer for Ruth. Thus, uh, he secures her position among the people of Israel, and he rescues both Ruth and Naomi from destitution. And um, he ends up, Ruth and Boaz have a beautiful baby boy who Naomi, her mother-in-law, gets to name and names that baby Obed. And there's a lot happening in the rest of the story about this baby Obed. So, Carrie, help us to, to step into the rest of the story. Oh, man. Ladies, read the book of Ruth. Um, men, read the book of Ruth. Men, it, it's so refreshing to see Boaz step up. And he steps up and does the right thing. I will encourage my daughter to find a Boaz. To find a man who steps in, who not only looks looks forward, but is looking back as well. Looking back to history. Looking forward to a life with a woman. And um, courting her. And the things that he does for her in this book are so gentle and so kind. And so loving, even before they're, they're wed. Oh, my goodness. Ladies, find yourself a Boaz men. I would encourage you to pattern your behaviors after Boaz as well. Um, so they, they, they get together. They get married. They, they have a baby boy, and they name him Obed, which means serving or servant. Now, I, I I find this very interesting, and I I guess I had forgotten this. And Kathy, Kathy uh, reminded me that the book of Ruth was not written by Naomi. It was not written by Ruth or Boaz, but it was, of course, written by a scribe in the palace of King David. And stories, of course, were passed down by word of mouth, especially family stories. And people were storytellers back in the day. That's what they did. They told stories. And so the story of Ruth was a family story that had been passed down to King David from his grandfather. David's grandfather was Obed. Obed. Yes. So his great-grandmother was Naomi. So Ruth and Boaz's son was just this amazing story that they got that got passed down throughout all the hardship David went through in his life. He knew that God's love and faithfulness had been passed down through the generations because he knew all God did for his great grandmother, Ruth. David's ability to stand up against Goliath with certainty and with confidence just maybe started with him remembering how his great-grandmother Ruth stood still and stood firm in an impossible situation and watched as God showed himself strong. We know that Ruth's character and virtue become somewhat of a family legend because King David's son, King Solomon, uses the same Hebrew phrasing in his famous Proverbs 31 description of a virtuous woman. Proverbs thirty one thirty one that Boaz used to describe Ruth in Ruth three eleven. What a beautiful picture. It says, All the gates of my people know that you are a woman of noble character. Wow. I I pray that um I could be called a woman of noble character. 
And so we see that this family line, this lineage, is just a beautiful picture. So Ruth, the Moabite, foreigner, penniless widow, with nothing to give, gives everything and turns to the one true God and becomes an important person in this family line of Jesus Christ. No matter who you are or who you have been, evidenced by the story I shared of who I was in my early 20s, no matter where you are or where you have been, no matter what you have or what you don't have, you can turn to the one true God and become an important person in the family of Jesus Christ. So, Kathy, we're wrapping up here. What's your favorite part of this story? Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I just love what you just said. <laughs> Carrie, I tell you, I'm over here in Boise, Idaho, and I am choking up as you are talking to our listeners about that, that no matter who you are or who you have been, you can become an important person in the family of Jesus Christ. I know that somebody needs to hear that this morning. I just, that is such a beautiful thing that God excludes no one and that he loves everyone and that he sent Christ for each one of us. And, you know, just as just, just one person, we can reach out to just one person just as God reaches out to us, because just one person is just as important to God. I love that takeaway about Ruth. And, you know, this has been really convicting for me when God says, you know, if you have nothing but you give everything, your value is beyond measure. And then I ask myself, okay, Kathy, but if you have everything and you give nothing, what what good are you? I mean, that's for me holding myself accountable. What am I giving this week? What am I giving back to God? What am I giving to others? What words of encouragement? What, you know, what physical things, what emotional things, what spiritual things? What am I giving away today, this week, this year? Um, that, that for me, Carrie, that's a huge takeaway. Absolutely. Friends, if you have questions about this, please call us on the Love Line at 512-249-6535. And just very quickly today, if, you, if you're if you wondering how you can have this love of Jesus in your life, number one, just admit that you're a sinner. Take it to Christ. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Just believe that God loves you, that he died on the cross to save you from your sins. And see to confess that and say, Lord, I want you to come in. I know I'm a sinner and I know that you've died for me. And Romans 10, 9 says this. It says um, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friends, take that to heart. Read the book of Romans, and you'll find those answers. We love you. We love that you have joined us on Love Talk. You can find us on lovetalknetwork.com. And we will, for my beautiful friend Kathy Enderbrock, we will see you next Saturday right here on Love Talk.